You are listening to the Pretzel Podcast from Creative Mornings Munich. I am your host, Marco Lindgren. We at Creative Mornings Munich organize monthly breakfast talks covering inspiring topics in the creative community and life in general. This podcast brings creative inspiration and the stories of our speakers closer to you in your ears. Our guest today talked about the theme Water in the Creative Mornings Munich event in March 2019. The talk was part of Munich Creative Business Week and it was hosted by Spark Reply Studio Space. To see the talk, visit our show notes, thepretzelpodcast.com. She and her co-founder invented a water bottle that separates water from the taste. The sense of taste comes through the smell alone. She is a product designer with an academic background in industry and product design. She thinks it is crucial that the creative people tackle important issues like water. She is Lena Jüngst. So basically, I was um, talking about cognitive dissonance. So I was building up the whole topic around cognitive dissonance, which basically is the psychological term for uh, having a bad conscious. So I think water is one of those big topics where we are very aware of that it could be a problem at some point, or it is already a problem because we lack source of water and enough uh, we don't have enough water for everyone and uh, it's going to be a big problem in the future but uh, it might be already a problem and especially with the climate change so i think uh, water gives you a lot of positive images in your head or you have a lot of positive um Yeah, memories with it because it's connected to uh, memories at the ocean, swimming in water. Um, like water is also super calm. It's the source of life. Um, it's super pretty at the same time. Uh, and then you also have those images within your head where you uh, where it's more connected to like your maybe um, yeah. Uh, feeling bad about some stuff so for example you think about oh have i drank enough water today so this is a topic that concerns everyone so it's very much connected to our health um it's maybe connected to topics like ah is my is the water i'm drinking actually really healthy does it have any uh bad ingredients so in some places in the world um water doesn't have to be necessary super clean and another topic could be uh i'm wasting water maybe every day because i'm showering too long or um the the clothing i'm buying the jeans i'm buying they are wasting so much water because um the way the, the way to produce them takes so much water um that the jeans actually look used <laughs> that's what we like for some reason um yeah so it it and i think this is um you could have those positive and negative images not just only um with water but with any topic and this um bad conscious is 
I guess, very much connected to our generation, a generation that um, that is very much aware about the consequences their consume, consumption habits have on the world on, and on the surrounding, which can be sometimes struggling because... Uh, <laughs> It, yeah, it, uh, it it makes people worrying a lot, and uh, but I think it, it doesn't have to stay that way. That's maybe the the, the little twist within my uh, within my presentation because I think there are solutions out there that uh, can actually um, that that do not um, have to. Change your behavior or your values, but you can keep them as they are. But the product itself is so cleverly designed that it has, a, like, it it respects the environment and it respects your health. Yeah, I I, I think that was a very good point you made. That the uh, even though you know that you are sort of uh, doing wrong or doing the wrong thing, it doesn't mean that you will change your behavior. You just feel the guilty conscience and continue doing whatever you're doing. And, and and then so, sort of uh, this solution has to come from somewhere else. Uh, one thing about the uh, uh, the cognitive di- dissonance, so it, it means that uh, there's uh, it's like a state of mind where uh, your ideas and beliefs and and your actions are in in conflict together. They contradict together, and then you don't know where you should be. You also talked about uh, being a creative idealist in in a business context. I think that was also interesting because you are. Now made a startup company, and we go to that in in a minute. But but uh, could you open about that experience a bit more? Also, mm. yeah, I think um, well. So this topic, cognitive dissonance, basically leads to a design principle I I really cherish. So it's called life centered design. And I think it's a term made up from. Uh, this consultancy Accenture, I actually read it somewhere, but I think it sums up pretty well how you should uh, consider design nowadays because until now, so I, I, my background is I am a product designer. So until now, and what I learned at university is um, a lot about um, human-centered design. So everything we design is um puts the human into center so we think about what do we like uh, what do we desire what are our wishes and how can we provide solutions for those wishes and desires but i think what uh, a lot of pro- products and solutions uh, forget forgot until now or didn't take into consideration was everything that was around us humans so the environment but also maybe uh, what uh, products sometimes didn't really um, didn't really respect uh, was also our health. So not just uh, so. For example, like I come now, I I developed a product within the beverage industry. So um, if you look at the beverages out there, they are very much um, they have a lot of sugar and a lot of additives and a lot of things that makes the beverage just tastes super nice and everyone likes to drink them. So I love cola. I love all those sweet stuff. And, but um, like just from an evolution point of view, we humans struggle to, 
to resist flavor and to resist convenience because back then like in the olden days flavor and sweet things were always connected to uh, vitamins like we had to eat because it make made us survive so like uh, sweets were only occurring within fruits for example so nowadays it completely changed so sugar uh, or sweet things come with just a lot of unhealthy additives and with uh, colorings and whatever um but uh, still we have the same instinct so we we really want those sweet stuff so we can't resist especially we can't even though we know it we know uh, cola is not good for you we know that the muffin uh, you really like to eat is not good for your health and we know we should go jogging but it's so hard for us to to act against it on a long term so it might work like in January when you have your uh, each year you have your good good uh, new year's resolution it will work for a month and then you start not going jogging again or eating muffins again so um and I think in that term, companies uh, sometimes take advantage of our maybe uh, soft or uh, soft spots. I don't know how to say it. So um, they take advantage of um, like, like natural urges. Yes. So I I don't think that's right. Um, and I think you can. Uh, we are clever enough to come up with solutions that are good for us. We, that still meet your needs and desires and at the same time respect the environment. So that's my design principle and I would really like to continue to develop products on that. Did you get any, any feedback uh, from the audience after the talk? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, completely different feedback. So uh, a lot of people said, ah, oh, that's an interesting thought. Um some said, oh, your product is super interesting. So maybe one sentence to what I developed um, is a drinking bottle that flavors pure water just by scent, which means you get the perception of flavor, um, but at the same time, you're only consuming water because the scent you are consuming with the water, you just uh, it leaves the perception of flavor in your brain, but you just exhale it. So there's nothing going into your body, basically. So I had a lot of people who said, ah, oh, that's interesting. Also, people were saying, ah, oh, I had a, an idea before and I didn't know how to realize it. Um, there were also some competitors in that talk from Hydroflask and say, ah, oh, that's an interesting idea. <laughs> I haven't thought about that before. Uh, so yeah different different uh, feedback <laughs> okay let's let's uh, go to your background on your story uh, a bit you you uh, said that you are a product designer how did you end up becoming a product designer how did i end up um yeah that's a good question because um I think it was my original plan to become a product designer. So uh, at school, I love to be creative. I love to draw. And I really wanted to um, study something where I could live, where I could uh, follow my creativity. So I didn't really know what uh, what I could do. So I went to this job center and I asked, so I'm creative. What should I do? 
not what should I do, but what can I do? What could I do? And they said, so either uh, you study communication design um, or art or industrial design. And back then I didn't even know that industrial design actually exists. So um, I was uh, getting more information on that. And I really liked uh, it being a more, like it in involved also like handcrafts, uh, do you say it like that? Uh, like, I don't know, uh, like joinery stuff and metalwork stuff. So you were also not uh, drawing ideas, but you um, made physical products. So I liked that about it. So, uh, and then when I actually started studying, um, I realized even more that it was the perfect uh, study course for myself I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed uh, studying it and I think even now I think it is one of those study courses where you get such a good overview um, on things you get the like you get uh, the right the, the way you'd start to think is really interesting and also it uh, involves um like this connection from or this transition from physical to uh, three-dimensional to two-dimensional is super interesting, I think. And then you ended up working with a, a water bottle. So how <laughs> yes. did that happen? <laughs> that's, a, that's a big uh, jump. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I actually this product I was just talking about uh, was my bachelor thesis. So... Um, uh, so I guess it, like people who listen to that podcast uh, have studied also something creative or interested in creative things. So they might know that uh, when you do a bachelor thesis, you're quite free in choosing your topic. So that's what we did. We were interested in, in neuroscientific, uh, neuroscientific studies, actually. And we saw this TED talk from a neuroscientist who was talking about the um, about our sensory system and how you could um, maybe even augment it so you could um, widen up your um, perception. And we thought it was super interesting. Also, then we started to connect it to our um, modern diet because we knew it's such a big topic. It has such a high relevance because people suffer from so many diseases um, from from that. And then uh, we found out that uh, how um, actually our taste perception works. So a lot of um, what a lot of people don't know is that we do not only taste over our tongue, but we also taste with our nose. And that makes uh, actually has the bigger impact than our tongues. That's quite, uh, quite easy to notice when you have a flu and then you basically don't taste yeah. almost anything. Yeah, when you have a flu or when you have a cold, then you realize that you can only taste the basic um, flavor uh, perceptions over your tongue. So uh, sweet, so sour, salty, bitter, and umami, and everything else you taste with your nose. And uh, there's also a difference, and that's uh, where we built then our prototype on, upon on, was that there's a different, uh, there are two different ways of smelling. So either you have the, the like a source of scent underneath your nose, so 
I don't know, that's what we, how we picture smelling. So if like a citron underneath your nose and you sniff in with your nose and then uh, you smell. But uh, it also occurs the other way around, so, which, uh, which happens when you're normally eating something or when you're drinking something. So when you chew on, I don't know, let's say a cit citron, then you will um, taste sour on your tongue. But uh, at the same time, molecules get extracted from the fruit and they will rise up um, through the back of your mouth up to your olfactoria. So where it's like the, this, uh, the um, scent centrum within your, like, in your brain. Uh, there they, um, those molecules get um, perceived as flavor and then just uh, get exhaled. And it's called, this phenom phenomenon is called retronasol smelling. And uh, this is what we included within our drinking bottle. So uh, when you drink outside our bottle, you do not have the source of scent underneath your nose, but you get the scent in your mouth with the water. And then the scent like arises up to your olfactoria, gets perceived as taste and then just exhaled. And this is how it works, and uh, this is how we come up came up with the idea. And in the end, we di we didn't plan to do something out of it. Actually, a friend of mine um, who studied food technology, he said, "Oh, this is such a great idea. I want to develop the aromas for your system." And then he found out it was actually possible, and said, "Ah, this is too good to not do it. We have to do something out of it." So, kind of started. So I didn't ever plan to be working on drinking bottles. Actually, back then I was um, I was working at Philips in Amsterdam, and I I actually wanted to continue there, but then I thought, nah, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I have to take it. <laughs> yeah, that must have been a, a great choice. I, I think that's a really really innovative and also. Uh, one problem with uh, with uh, water is also the water bottles, re recyclable water bottles, the use of plastic, and and I guess that you're you are also helping on that one, making it a reusable bottle. So let's go uh, deeper into your product and, and business. So uh, you have been a startup for how long now? So our startup, uh, is, ooh, um, we have been working on this idea and this product uh, since 2017 full-time. So the bachelor thesis was 2016 in summer. But then uh, Tim and me, who we, so it was a joint bachelor thesis, we both developed the, the product or the first prototype and then we went different directions. Um, as I said, I went to Amsterdam. He was still studying or he wanted to study something else. Uh, and then Fabian came into the picture and said, no, we have to do something out of it. So uh, I came back from Amsterdam uh, mid of 2017 and then we got our first scholarship. Uh, so we applied for a scholarship and we got another guy, like another friend of mine on board who um, did a business plan and he is now responsible for all the finance stuff. And we applied for this super nice scholarship, actually. I would always recommend uh, to everyone uh, who wants to realize an own idea. It's called Exist Scholarship. Um, and it supports you for over a year with like a monthly salary and uh, like a prototype grant. 
and um, so we were starting to work on it full time, and then um, we founded the company in 2018 in February, and then we got uh, onto mark or came to market in 2019, mid of um, 2019. So we're on market now for over a year, and it works quite well. So. We're actually expanding at the moment to other European countries, which is super exciting as well. What kind of things have you uh, has come across that uh, that you definitely couldn't expect, or were there any? Oh, so many things! I don't even know where <laughs> to start. So I think what was like in the beginning, maybe for all the creative people, what's maybe interesting is that I just thought, like when we started, I thought, okay, uh, yeah, okay, let's do this idea. I mean, how long can it take? So we'll like we 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 continue designing the product and um, developing for another half a year, and then we go to market. That's it. But um, in real, like <laughs> in real life, I. Um, there, there were so many things we had to take care of. So, like, we did not only work on the product for sure, but most of the time we had to work on everything else. So, like, founding a company, finding the right way to do it, getting money. So, we had to find investors. Uh, we had to find an office. We had to take care of taxes and money. And we had to take care of, like, we had to find people who want to work for us. Uh, or with us, and um, uh, in the end, I designed the product for two weeks, basically. So I thought, okay, I'll have a half a year. Uh, I designed the product in two weeks, but the product development in general, so the technical development, until we were able to produce it to a reasonable price, took one and a half years. So, and that was actually with my uh, co-founder, Tim, who was doing the bachelor thesis back then with me, taking care of us. He, he did all the more engineer-driven um, stuff. And I was always more on the cr- like creative side, classic creative side. So product design and also did all the graphic stuff and all the um, social media stuff and so on. What about now? What, what what do you see is the biggest challenge right now for the for the next steps or the for the future of the company? I think yeah, challenge is like the biggest challenge. It's always uh, it's a good question because it can change from day to day. What I think about that, but uh, for for now, I think one of our biggest challenges is actually like this transition from a small startup to a growing company. So. I mean, we started with seven people, like, or we came to, like, when we came to market, we were seven people, or, uh, I think, and now we're 75, so, and, like, just to structure processes, um, also, like, the transition from the founders, like, being at the beginning completely operational in terms of we had to just i mean we had to execute everything we we wanted to do at the side we have to we had to come up with a concept or an idea or a plan and then we also had to execute it and now we have the resources like we have people who could 
also take care of that. And we are now getting more into strategic topics again, which is nice, but at the same time, of course, challenging because, um, yeah, you have to get the structure right in the beginning and it takes more time and thinking. It takes away you also from the uh, product design starting point yes, that you are not really actually, working with your hands. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, um, it's a pity at the one at the one side but at the other side and this is I mean this was before I started to study and I think what I now love about this job as well is the very conceptual side of it so coming up with ideas um, strategies and stuff like that and I think now I have a dream job as a product designer because um, I can now I mean we're starting to think about app 2.0 so like what comes next and I mean not just like like the portfolio expansion around the bottle but also what what could be a following product uh, maybe not uh, which doesn't have to be a bottle but uh, maybe just includes the technology or uh, even goes uh, beyond that so um, this is super exciting for me at the moment how can uh, listeners contact you or, or learn more about the product and, and your company i think the best actually the best way to contact me is either over linkedin so my um I, my name is lena jungst so everyone can find me on linkedin the other way is actually to email me so uh, my email is also quite easy, lena at air-up.com. So just message me. <laughs> and then it's uh, time for our final question. What does creativity mean to you? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because I think it's such a, uh, you can talk about it, I think, hours. But for me, it means um, being creative, that you're able to come up with own ideas or solutions without sticking to a prescribed plan or doing it different than others have done it before. So I think where, wherever, whatever you you're working on whatever task it might be um there was always a person before that who has thought about it before or who has had like who came up with a solution for it and normally there are also some rules or like um especially in germany we germans do love rules so um about how to do it but i think when you're being creative you come up with a different way and maybe um, hopefully with an improvement to what have people have done before so our thanks to lena and everyone at the creative mornings munich team this episode was produced and edited by me mark lindgren at Huima production our music was made by sasha ende the additional sound was made by winnie the moog you have been listening to The Pretzel, the Creative Mornings Munich podcast. Send us feedback by email to feedback at thepretzelpodcast.com. To find the show notes for this episode or to get new episodes right to your phone and your ears, visit thepretzelpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>